This is Sportsnet Today with Riley Pollock and Patrick Dumas. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Welcome to Sportsnet Today. It is game two tonight of the back-to-back Battle of Alberta between the Flames and Oilers after Calgary dropped last night's game at the Dome 2-1. to one. We have a busy show today. In just a minute, we will talk with Danny Austin, who, of course, is a Flames and Stamps writer for the Calgary Sun. And then around 3.30, we have Ben Madigan, who hosts Afternoons on 97.9 Rock in Fort McMurray. He's also the color commentator for the Fort McMurray Oil Barons of the AJHL. But without further delay, we go down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar Guest Hotline to chat with Danny Austin. Danny, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, guys. How about you? Pretty good. Haven't talked to you in a while since uh, I was covering for Matty Rose, covering the stamps there. Uh, it, it's been a while, so it's nice to talk. I know, man. I've missed you. And, uh, I, mean, I feel like that's like any of my friends. I just uh, haven't seen them in a while. What a, what a weird yeah. time to be alive, right? Yeah, fair enough. You can't, uh, can't meet up anywhere right now. Um, I guess we'll start with the Flames. Uh, did you feel like last night's flames effort was the best we had seen in the past five games yeah i mean it was better than anything they did against vancouver in my opinion and it's so weird because like we're in this position where just because of you know the results so far like a, a better performance isn't enough they need wins right i mean that's what this league is about and they are right now a 500 team but um you know if we if we remove that for just a second i mean Look, they, they allowed the first goal. That is not what they wanted. They talked about getting off to a better start. They, they, they didn't for the first sort of seven or eight minutes, but I really do think that they, they tightened up after that. Uh, they played defensive hockey, which meant that it, it, it might not have been the most fun game to watch. I, I think it, was, uh, it lacked in, in that normal Battle of Alberta excitement. But they did a lot of the things that they said they were going to do, um, and, and, and now they've got to be even better. But it, it was, there, there's no question that it was better than they played against Vancouver. I guess just a little bit more in depth. What positives can they build off of? I know Backlund had a pretty good game against McDavid and Riddick played well. Is there is there anything else that you saw last night that they could use as momentum into tonight's game? I mean, I, I think that the defensive side of the game is is sort of what you you build off of. Uh, they didn't have a ton of sort of lapses. Obviously, Riddick made that incredible save uh, on Dreisaitl in the third that kind of kept it a little bit closer, but. Um, yeah, I think that they ultimately, this team has just sort of collapsed for, for 20-minute periods um, over the last couple of weeks. And, and they didn't do that. They, they did, you know, they kept the focus. Um, it, it could have been so much worse. And I know that, I mean, that's what we're talking about with this team right now. We're not talking about them reaching the highest heights. Um, but I think that ultimately, yeah, they played well defensively, and, and that's got to be the basis. They, they won battles uh, along the boards a lot of the time. Um, what you want to see is a little more emotion and you know probably some more hitting and, and, and some more offense tonight. But look, this is an Edmonton team that can score. They held them to two goals. I, I think that that's something. Yeah, fair enough. And you talk about scoring; they haven't done a whole lot of that recently. A lot of two and one goal efforts from the Flames. Why do you think that has been? It just it seems like no one can really get going on the offense. Yeah, and I mean, I, I, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about Matthew Kachuk. I, I, I do think that he's been a little underwhelming recently, and I, I think that you know Godot has been putting up the points, but beyond that, it's hard to really find like an offensive player who's who's been flashing at an elite level. Uh, and ultimately, look, I mean, your, your stars have to, your, your players, your best players have to be your best players. That's all what Jeff Ward says, and I don't think that the you know that core group of 
forwards has has been up to snuff recently. So um, I don't know if it's a system thing. I don't know if guys are sort of carrying nagging injuries or if this might just be who they are. I mean, that's the, that's yeah. the scary part. Um, the conversations we're having right now about this Flames team are conversations that we've generally had at the end of seasons about them. But, you know, we did have these conversations. I mean, they were 500 when Bill Peters left last year. So um, I, I wonder you know, what it's, what it's going to take or if it's even possible. But these guys, if they're elite offensive players, it's time for them to carry the lift. Yeah, for sure. And, yeah, speaking of Kachuk, there's lots of things floating around about Matthew Kachuk and what might be leading to his struggles. There's been some injury talk, some talk that he's not very happy with the guys in the dressing room and stuff like that. But it just – it's tough to really know anything for sure. But do you do you really have a read on the Matthew Kachuk situation? Um, it, my read changed with this afternoon's media availability. This afternoon's media availability, he came out and he said, put the pressure on me, put this on me to turn it around. And, you know, I mean, look, you, you, there's words and then you got to go out and do it on the ice. But for me, I mean, that's what we love about Matthew Kachuk. You know, I, I don't know what's going on in the locker room. Um, everything I've heard is that this team, that this group does get along. Uh, I, Friedman, I believe, had reported that, you know, they'd ask Kachuk to tone it down a little bit. In my opinion, that would be a mistake. I'd like to see the rest of the team rise to his level. But him coming out, I mean, that's leadership to me. Him coming out today and saying, put the pressure on me. This is on me. I have to play better. I will carry this team if that's what it takes. Uh, For me, that's exactly what you want to hear from your star player. It's something that I personally think has been sort of missing recently from this Flames locker room. And not just this year, but uh, I loved it today. And I honestly, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does tonight. And uh, I have... If there's one guy I've got confidence in turning a season around, and I don't know that Kachuk needs to fully turn it around, but we'd like him to be better, that's Matthew Kachuk. Yeah, for sure. And there hasn't really been that feistiness in the first two games uh, of the Battle of Alberta so far this season. Do you think maybe Kachuk could uh, be a driving factor in that changing tonight? I absolutely expect him to do that. I mean, I ultimately think that, you know, the best things Matthew can do, Matthew Kachuk can do for this team are, are still, you know, putting up points. He's such a productive offensive player when he's going, and you know that's almost more necessary. But it's been a little bit surprising across the North Division, but particularly with the Flames, there hasn't been that feistiness, there hasn't been that bad blood that's sort of brewing with other uh, other Canadian teams. And honestly, I, I think they could use it a little bit. I think they need to get fired up. I think they need to have that emotion. They need to play with it. Um, you know, you can go into the X and O's all you want, but at some point, that emotion carries you a long way, and I'd like to see it from the Flames tonight. One more for me before I hand it over to Patrick. Uh, besides Jacob Markstrom coming back in, do you see any lineup changes coming for the Flames tonight? And has there been any info passed along on Sean Monahan from the afternoon availability? So we were told Sean Monahan is, is a game-time decision. Uh, you know, look, the Flames aren't going to give up much. Um, he's certainly not on the long, you know, He's not out for a long time, but yeah. we're not going to know until, you know, they take the ice tonight about Monaghan. Um, they did not get any information up on that. Uh, I haven't heard anything. It's, it's one of the things they didn't practice. So the media didn't get any eyeballs, and uh, the Flames are keeping it as close to the best as possible. So that's not really one that I have a, a great answer on. Um, I'd be surprised if there's anything major, to be honest. I, uh, but, yeah, that, that's unfortunately that's all I can give you. Yeah, fair enough. We're here with Danny Austin, writer for the Flames and the Stamps at the Calgary Sun. Patrick? 
Hey, Danny. Uh, I want to talk about some uh, some of Dylan Dubé's play of late. Uh, right wing depth on this team is not great. And, like, what, what have you seen from Dubé? You know, we, a lot of excitement heading in from what he played in, like, what he was in in Edmonton in the bubble to where he is now. Not a great month so far for Dubé. What, uh, what's your view on him? Yeah, I don't think he's met those expectations fully. I don't know how reasonable it was to expect him to play at the level that he did in Edmonton for a full season. I mean, this isn't a first overall pick or anything. Um, but he's being given opportunities. I, I think that they want more. Um, it's hard for – I mean, I am not going to come out here and say that, you know, the reason this team is struggling is Dylan Dubé. Uh, that, you know, that's, that's certainly not it. Um, but they need more from him. And I, I, I think up and down the lineup, they need more from everybody. Um, but, you know, we need to be realistic about what we're expecting from, you know, what for all intents and purposes is a first-year guy, is a young guy. I, I don't think he's going to be able to carry the load. I think it's the guys around him who, you know, hopefully when he does have, you know, tough months, tough weeks, that, you know, they can help him get through. That's just what you need with young players. Um, so, I mean, I didn't expect him to come in and, you know, be Austin Matthews or anything like that. But, no, he has not. I mean, we, we can be honest here. Like, no, he has not been a difference maker. No, like all across the board, the depth on this team has not been great in the bottom six. So it's it's I agree there. Stick keeping uh, to like the young players. We got Stockton Heat in town tomorrow. They're going to start up their season at the Saddle Dome with the uh, Toronto Marlies. So now some expectations from some of the top prospects. You know, Dustin Wolf. He's going to get a good run with the uh, with the Heat. Connor Zary is going to going to be playing. Some other names to watch that maybe you're excited for. I mean, it's Zary, it's Peltier. Those are definitely the, the big guys. Uh, you know, Matthew Phillips is someone who I, I really enjoyed watching um, in training camp. I don't know what his NHL prospects are necessarily, but he's, boy, he's fun to watch. Um, and, I mean, like, I, I, you know, this is the boring answer, but it's so hard to move away from sort of Peltier and Zary. I mean, they are the two guys who I, I, I think – I don't know if they're high-end in terms of first-line prospects, but I, I think they have a future within the Flames organization. Um, and they're good pieces, and it's exciting that they you know, are playing at the AHL level. I, I think it should, be, um, it should be interesting. And, yeah, I mean, Wolf, I, I think we know Wolf's going to be pretty good, so that's great. But, it's, I, I mean, it, for me, it's so hard to not just look at the first-round draft picks, right? Yeah. I mean, they're the guys you get excited about, and they're the guys I am excited about. I want to change gears uh, to the other team in this city you uh, cover, the Calgary Stampeders. Of course, we've gone, oh, uh, well, eight, I don't even know how many months since uh, the Great Cup in 2019 was played here. Now, Randy Ambrosi had an announcement this week that they're gung-ho to play this year. They're confident. They're going to make it happen. Now, are we looking – the schedule that way it is now is kind of probably more to, just to get the juices flowing again. I don't think a June starts realistic. Are we looking more like Labor Day start here if we can get the fans in? I mean, that seems to be the general consensus. Um, it's so hard because ultimately this is going to come down to public health authorities and it's going to come down, obviously, to the vaccination schedule. Um, I think that the only thing that the CFL can do is plan for a June start. And if that is impossible, then it's impossible. But um, I do know, I mean, there is real confidence. It's not just Randy Ambrosi coming out and saying that. I mean, these teams are preparing as if they are playing this year. Um, the question is more when and not if I, I, I think that there's too much folks on will the season happen. The question yeah. is you asked is when it happens. And I think Labor Day is realistic. It's not ideal. Um, means I get to, you know, spend a couple more days in the mountains probably this summer, which isn't so bad for me, but like it's, I think that there is normally sort of an optimism among CFL fans about the league. And right now there's a pessimism. I believe it's going to happen. I have no reason to believe that we're not going to get a season. We just, 
you know, we're probably not sitting there in June. Um, and that's, that's just the reality. Yeah. I think it, it goes without saying we, we need this league to happen no matter what, like we were so close to having that bubble in Winnipeg last year until the, uh, until the last second there, but, uh, Hopefully we get some uh, action uh, sometime this year. We're talking with uh, Danny Austin, uh, Flames and Stamps beat reporter for the Calgary Sun. Riley Pollock, uh, to wrap us up. Yeah, got two more here for you, Danny, as we stick to the CFL topic. Uh, it's a quiet free agency from the Stamps, which usually it is. They lost a few star players like Eric Rogers and Cordero Law. What do you think of the Stamps team after the free agent frenzies kind of died down? I mean, I think that they lost Eric Rodgers and Cordero Law because they were ready to move on from Eric Rodgers and Cordero Law, not from a personality perspective, nothing like that. Just those guys are in their 30s. They cost a lot of money. Um, what was sort of missed about the 2019 St. Peter's team, unless you were paying attention, is that they were sort of rebuilding on the go there. They were bringing in young guys. and I really like the group that they have. Uh, I don't think they have a ton of depth at any position, but I think that's the reality of what Canadian football is going to look like in 2021. Uh, and there's going to be a lot of, there's two rookie classes of Canadians that need to be brought in. But I mean, I think if you go across the board and look at their starters, they should be a very good football team. And obviously injuries affect football more than anything. So who knows how that goes? But I mean, I'd probably have them first in the West right now, based on the starting group that they have. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, and then finally, last one for me, do you have, I guess you kind of talked about them, but specifically, do you have any new additions or maybe guys that were in that backup role ready to step into the spotlight that uh, you want the listeners to maybe keep their eye on as we get closer to the CFL season? I mean, this receiving group is so much fun. Uh, you know, Josh Hoff, Hoff sort of became a starter late in the year last year, so to Herdy Mayala. Those two are just fascinated by I think they're such high-end football players. Josh Hoff was a pretty high draft pick in the NFL. Um so there's absolutely those two. I'm not going to talk about the offensive line. Like, Sportsnet listeners need to pay too much attention. But, uh, honestly, Kadeem Carey started a couple games at running back last year and looked pretty phenomenal. Then he got hurt. Uh, I, I think he's due for just a massive, massive season. He's, he's such a talent, such an amazing player to watch. So, you know, those guys uh, on the defensive side of the ball, I um, – I wish I could pronounce his last name off the top tip of my tongue. I don't do these that much with the CFL, but Isaac, uh, their first round pick last year, Isaac out of Yemi something. Um, I, I think it's going to be really intriguing as well. All right. Well, uh, that's all I got today. Uh, Danny, thanks so much for joining us. Love talking flames and stamps with you. Love having a CFL guy like myself to talk to you about some stuff that uh, might be coming around the corner. Uh, thanks so much for coming on and we'll have to get you on again soon. Absolutely. Anytime, guys. Thanks so much. Cheers. There you go. That was Danny Austin of the Calgary Sun on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Atlas Pizza now open for limited dine-in service with all safety precautions in place. Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar, the best pizza past the steaks and ribs since 1975 at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Before we head to break, just one update from the game at... Lake Tahoe between the Colorado Avalanche and Vegas Golden Knights today. Uh, that one was delayed after the first period because the ice conditions were brutal with Colorado up one nothing. It looks as though that game will get going again tonight at 10 o'clock Mountain, which is midnight Eastern time. So they're going to play the last two periods after they've kind of fixed the ice a little bit and uh, when the sun has gone down, Patrick. 
Yeah, I mean, like everybody on Twitter was pretty hyped up to see this one. Uh, you know, see the scenery, everything from uh, from what the the NHL's put together. It's a beautiful scene, but uh, you know, this is still the state of Nevada. This is the Nevada California border. That sun beats high, higher higher elevation as well. So that sun is going to rip up that ice. I don't know if he saw it, but the refs and the players they were they were tripping all over the ice. Uh, Samuel Girard yeah. with the uh, lone goal just three minutes into the game, and uh, yeah, we'll get. Uh, have some uh, hockey uh, after all uh, after the Flames and Oilers tonight. Yeah, how about Gerard coming off the COVID list oh, yeah. and scoring the first goal <laughs> in his first game back? Oh uh, yeah, it's a, he's a big. Uh, it was a big miss for um, for the uh, for the Avalanche to have him on the COVID nineteen list, but he's a good young defenseman and uh, it's good to see him back out there. Yeah, they don't have too many of those. No, there. I don't. Not think they too many any. young defensemen in Colorado. No. Um. All right, well, let's head to break. When we come back, Ben Madigan of 97.9 Rock in Fort McMurray and color commentary of the Fort McMurray Oil Barons is going to join us. He's going to talk AJHL restart, some flames, NFL news probably too. Uh, All right, this is Sportsnet Today with Riley Pollock and Patrick Dumas on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Sportsnet Today. Listen on the air, online, on the Sportsnet app, and always on your smart speaker. Sportsnet 960, The Fan, Calgary. Welcome back to Sportsnet Today as we move into segment number two this afternoon. A great chat with Danny Austin about the Flames and CFL to get us started. You can head to sportsnet.ca after we wrap up to listen to the podcast of that if you missed it or any part of the entire show. We now head back down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline to chat about all things sports with our next guest, Ben Madigan, afternoon host on 97.9 Rock in Fort McMurray and color commentator for the Fort McMurray Oil Barons of the AJHL. Ben, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm not too bad. It's nice to have you on here and talk a little bit of AJHL and everything else we can think of. Yeah, no, I appreciate you guys having me on. It's uh, obviously... Very exciting news that the AJHL is uh, getting back into action. Um, I'll, I'll be honest, I did not have a lot of hope for the season to continue. Yeah, I was in the same boat. I was just on a uh, another podcast a couple weeks ago that uh, I kind of said that it was a very low chance just because of the testing that would have to be done. But uh, it seems like the same company that stepped up for the bubble in Edmonton and the World Juniors uh, is going to do the same for the AJHL. So that's uh, very exciting that we're going to get going here in March. Yeah, it's um, great to see that those resources can be used at the junior A level because you know that they just don't have the, the pockets and the the uh, cash to normally get stuff like that. But it, it's great to see um, those resources being available. And obviously, it's great to see the kids back at play because for, for a lot of them, um, you know, you're, you're looking at your final year of junior A hockey. You don't want it to end on that note. Yeah, for sure. And especially for those 20-year-olds that uh... – Maybe done after this. It's nice that they're going to get maybe a full season in, hopefully a full season in, or at least uh, a season in playoffs anyway. It won't be the full schedule length, but uh, a few games anyway. Uh, let's let's talk about your Oil Barons up there. They were off to a hot start to begin the season before the shutdown. Uh, do you expect them to compete for the top spot in the North when we do get going here? I, I think they will be one of the top teams. I, I don't think they're quite deep enough to be the top team. Uh, as you mentioned, they got off to a, a really good start, started 4-0-0, and um, 
they vastly improved from last season where they were an under 500 team. But uh, in the offseason, head coach and general manager, Gord Thibodeau, he was very aggressive in trades, in player signings. Uh, I believe he still has a few uh, future considerations that, you know, he, he could turn into something down the road if he wanted to. Um, so they, they definitely got deeper, uh, especially on the offensive side of the puck, where last season they really relied on their top line and didn't have a lot of depth scoring after that. Um, solid on the blue line, one player that uh, is getting a lot of looks uh, out there is um, Conrad Belcourt, their captain, who uh, just committed to Red Deer College and uh, is just a, a complete defenseman on the blue line and, and a great leader in the dressing room. So, uh, like I said, I, I don't think they'll be the top team, but I, I do expect them to be one of the top teams out there. Yeah, you mentioned a few players there. Uh, you you could kind of see that they were they were maybe taking a bit of a step last year, um, but didn't quite hit their stride. What what do you think the key is, or who do you think the key is to putting them over the top besides those couple guys that you mentioned? Is there is there something else that uh, that might get them to the top over say you know uh, not a Sherwood Park because they looked a little less than good compared to what they did last year, but maybe a Spruce Grove who's consistently at the top of that division. Yeah, so uh, it, it's funny you mentioned, could I, I pinpoint one particular person, and, and that would be uh, head coach and general manager Gord Thibodeau. He took over with, uh, I believe, around 10 games left in the season last year. It was a, a very uh, unusual time to bring in a, a new head coach for a hockey team, but as soon as he came in, he implemented a system uh, he really focused on the team's conditioning, which he found to be lacking, and, and that cost them games where they just didn't have enough gas in the tank at the end of games to close them out. And uh, the team collectively bought into that system and bought into the the type of team that is difficult to play against that he was trying to turn them into. You get a full off season with him as coach. You bring back a, a lot of returning core players that will continue to buy into that system and will ensure that new players buy into that system and they became a very, very different hockey team. Yeah, for sure. And it, it's, it'll be exciting to watch. I know I, I fill in on color commentary for the Calgary Canucks uh, on quite a regular basis. So I'm very, very excited for this AJHL season to get going. Looks like all the kids will be able to start practicing early in March here. And at some time in March, we'll have actual AJHL hockey again. So definitely looking forward to that. Uh, we'll switch gears, I guess, now and uh, talk a little bit of Flames. There was a big game last night that, uh, you know, I didn't think had the energy that I thought might have after uh, a bad series against the Canucks. What did what did you see from the Flames in last night's first game of a back-to-back against the Oilers? Well, I, I agree with you, Riley, 100%. And not just lacking the energy you'd expect after a disappointing series against the Canucks, but uh, a lack of energy for the Battle of Alberta. I mean, I know you guys mentioned it earlier in the show, through the first two games of this rivalry, they have not picked up where they left off last season, where these two teams just hated each other. So, And, and I would put that on both teams. I, I don't see that uh, that you know rivalry really boiling over. So that's something that I, I hope to see tonight from the Flames is just a little bit more of um, a chip on your shoulder and a little bit, little bit more heat when you're out there on the ice competing against the Oilers. 
and we asked Danny Austin of this just before you got on too. I'd like to hear your thoughts. Is it, does it, uh, does the heat, the level of intensity of this game start with Matthew Kachuk establishing some sort of physical game tonight, something maybe he's been lacking the past few games? I think, you know, he he obviously is going to be the center of, of any explosion in this rivalry. There's no doubt about that. I would even say it would be good for him to light things up by, by scoring a big goal and then, you know, do what he does best and, and get under the other team's skin. Um, you mentioned he hasn't quite had the physical impact that he normally does, but he's also hasn't quite had the offensive impact that you're looking for from him. So either a, a big goal or or a big hit or, or something to get his team going because there's there's no doubt that he is one of the emotional leaders on that uh, roster. We are here with Ben Madigan, host of Afternoons with Ben Madigan on 97.9 Rock in Fort McMurray and color commentator of the Fort McMurray Oil Barons of the AJHL. Patrick. Yeah, uh, Ben, uh, overall thoughts on this North Division? I mean, of course, it's like all we've been seeing up here we get very uh, little, little blips of the, of the american teams but like overall thoughts on the north division uh through uh, a little over a month of play here yeah I'll, like i'll be honest with you patrick i have not watched a single game outside of this division See, so. I, I, was, I was just watching this outdoor game and they, they canceled the dang thing so yeah <laughs> moved it. Yep. so like what the, the heck the first one that you really focus yeah. into and it gets postponed yeah no i i I love this all Canadian division. It's one of those bittersweet things where it's been so much fun to watch. And, and you know that the NHL is not going to stick with it once things get back to normal, but you, you, God, you hope that they would because it has been just so exciting to see those rivalries develop, to see the players uh, really start to get at each other and um, to, to see the offense. I mean, there's no question that this Northern division is a high scoring division and um, I think that's something that you need to see the Flames start to work on a little bit because the defense has been solid, the goaltending has been great, and there's that old adage that defense wins you championships. But in this division, I don't know if you can make it to the playoffs if you're not playing run and gun. Exactly, and I think uh, just depth becomes such a more of a big thing when you're playing these teams in series and everything. It's it's I don't like right now Calgary is hurt by the fact they cannot make a trade that can help them right now, I think, because of the whole quarantining. I mean, they could trade with somebody in Canada, but that's that's not likely. It's going to have to come probably from the from the States, from an American team to make any sort of move. So that's that's my thought. Like, right now, I think the Flames are just, they have to, everything they have to do has to come from within right now. Maybe somebody on Stockton can lighten it up a little bit for them and show something that, hey, we can add some a little more because the depth on this team right now is hurting them, I think. Yeah, like you said, it's very difficult to move players around uh, this season. You, you see it in Winnipeg with uh, Pierre-Luc yeah. Dubois hasn't hasn't played a game yet, and you know they brought him in to be a difference maker. It's hard to be a difference maker when you can't even practice with the team for two straight weeks. So this is this is where, as you mentioned, the depth needs to step up, and uh, you look at players that are in the bottom six capacity, they're going to start having to produce a little bit more than you might normally depend on them for. Yeah, and I, was, I mentioned the, uh, the outdoor games uh, with, the, with, the, with Vegas and Colorado and Philly and Boston. Uh, now, <laughs> we, the show previously, uh, they had John Shannon on, and he mentioned that, yeah, this is the get used to this. This is never going to happen. Like, the NHL, yeah. as soon as they're able to get the fans back, they're going to uh, bring them back to big stadiums. And I, 
I don't know. Like this is this is such a cool thing. I just like I almost like like the future of outdoor games should be in a in a nature scenic uh, scenario instead of being in a big stadium. But I get it. You know, you want to jam in seventy thousand folks. But your thoughts on on these outdoor games? Yeah, I mean the the almighty dollar is, is always going to be the final yeah. decision for for Gary Bettman. But um, you look at the Canmore Eagles of the AJHL, and they normally have an outdoor practice in in canmore and the the backdrop is just gorgeous Mm -hmm. it's beautiful to see and i I agree with you it's a it's a fun thing to spectate from the comfort and and warmth (laughs) of your own home um so it's something that i personally would love to see continue and uh you know for the players I, i think it's a unique and very exciting experience for them a lot of the talk has been about the fans and about viewership and, and fans being attendance, not being in attendance, but, you know, stop and think a, a sec about the player's experience about getting to do something like this. It could end up being a once in a lifetime opportunity for them. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, one more from uh, the NHL, Sidney Crosby. We all know Sidney Crosby He plays game 1000 tonight against New York Islanders. Uh, ben, what's your like a favorite moment from, from sitting what he what has he meant to you uh just watching him over the last 15 years that's a good question because there's quite a few (laughs) um my my gut reaction would of course be the golden goal Mm -hmm. um just because of how special moment that was for for our country for hockey fans around canada but uh, i would actually look at his goal in the 2014 olympics uh in the gold medal game where he forced a turnover at the blue line and then he just took off and the acceleration, the explosiveness that he showed, you knew that no one was going to catch up to him. And then Sidney Crosby on a breakaway gold medal game, you know, the puck is going in the back of the net. So I, I would say that memory uh, really jumps out at me. Yeah, I know Sid's been, uh, you know, one of the most, you know, you can never, I don't think you can ever, ever anybody can really say a bad word about this guy. He's just, he's just an amazing uh, display what he's in. And congrats on a thousand games. Hopefully he can finish his career. Uh, with the Penguins. Uh, we'll, we'll go over to the NFL. It's been a big uh, week in the quarterback circles. Carson Wentz, of course, being moved from the Philadelphia Eagles uh, to the Indianapolis Colts, uh, joining his former offense coordinator, Frank Reich. Uh, there's a lot of teams in the NFL that aren't certain what they're going to do at quarterback right now. you got San Francisco, Chicago, the Jets, Houston with, uh, with Deshaun Watson, just off the top of my head. What are your thoughts on this crazy uh, quarterback carousel going on down south in the NFL? I, I mean, I I love it just because right? it's it's going to be an off season like you've never seen before, yeah. with the most important position in the game being so just unknown uh, of what's going to happen. And uh, for for me personally, I'm a Lions fan, so watching uh, Matt Stafford get traded down to uh, the Rams and getting Goff back, like. That was one that uh, I knew he wasn't going to stay with the team, but mm-hmm. just the landing spot, the return that the Lions got for him was pretty exciting. And then you look at Wentz, um, what a landing spot for him. Like if, if there's a team to give him an opportunity to kind of turn things around and, and rewrite the narrative of his career, he's going behind a great offensive line. Mm-hmm. You've got a solid uh, backfield good receiving core and a, a very stout defense. That's a great landing spot for Wentz. So, um, like I said, I'm, I'm excited to see the next domino to fall and, and what happens because it, it's going to be wild and it's going to be very unpredictable. Yeah, I agree with the uh, with the assessment on Wentz there. I think it's going to be a good 
hopefully a change of scenery for him because that I don't he's such a fun player and you don't want to see see his career go down like that. Now you say you were a Lions fan. What you you say you were excited about that the return and a lot of people thought well Philadelphia was looking for something similar. I know they get the twenty twenty two conditional second that can become a first, but overall mm-hmm. your thoughts with Detroit getting that haul with the new head coach and Dan Campbell and just you know a, a new era once again beginning in in uh, in Detroit. Yeah, and I mean, I think you knew that was coming as soon as um, the coaching staff, the general manager, all the front office moves that that, that they've been doing really signals that this is a new era. And um, with the exception of a few players, they're really, I think, going to be looking at a a long-term rebuild with the draft picks that they got in the Stafford deal. Uh, gives them a couple extra first-round picks throughout the next couple seasons. And there's there's no rush, right, for them to suddenly become a, a... Super Bowl competitive team because we know that this team absolutely is not. So it's going to be a long haul, which will lead to a lot more heartache for Lions fans, but we're used to it. So it's uh, <laughs> nothing new. But, um, and the other thing too is with Goff, it gives them some flexibility at quarterback. You have a guy that you know is NFL ready right now, exactly, but, yeah. he, but he's only other, under contract for the next two seasons. So if you do draft, you know, the, your next franchise quarterback, you can cut ties pretty cleanly with golf. Exactly, and I think like it's not it, you're not signed in for long term. It can be a quick, uh, quick divorce if it doesn't go work. But again, you know, Jared Goff, he's you know how much of that was Sean McVay, but uh, but yeah, but thanks so much for that. And uh, yeah, hopefully the Lions have got like the third best quarterback in the division right now, I guess, so, <laughs> or maybe the second. I had a Kirk Cousins, but well, thank you very much, Ben. Yeah. There we go. Ben Madigan, 97.9 Rock in Fort McMurray. Color commentator for the Fort McMurray Oil Barons. Down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. I'm at home today. Ben, thanks so much for uh, stopping by today, and uh, we'll have to get you on soon. Yeah, no, I appreciate you guys having me on. This was fun. There we go. I'm at home today, but Patrick Dumas is pulling double duty as host and producer of today's show in the Iconic studio, powered by Iconic Electric and Controls. Iconic, proudly owned and operated from Western Canada since 2008, and they take great pride in giving back to the communities that we all work and live in. Instrumentation, it's Iconic. Visit IconicEC.ca to find out more. Well, it's a busy day in the NHL today with the Battle of Alberta, Habs and Leafs, We got a postponed outdoor game at Lake Tahoe and, of course, Sidney Crosby's 1,000th game tonight. We will break it all down when we come back. This is Sportsnet Today with Riley Pollock and Patrick Dumas on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Back to Sportsnet Today on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Crosby looking. Loose in front. Still a loose puck picked up by Ricky. Jones and scores. I think it was Crosby. Crosby does get the goal. Sidney Crosby has scored his first goal ever in a Pittsburgh Penguins uniform. Oh, slap me silly, Sidney. He's on the ice with Aginla. Aginla scores it! Sidney Crosby, the golden goal! And Canada has once in one Olympic gold! Two huge goal calls in Sidney Crosby's career. He will play his 1,000th NHL game tonight. I, I, to be honest with you, Patrick, I, I couldn't believe that he was just getting to 1,000 just 
seems like he's been in the league forever, and Ovi <laughs> passed it quite a while ago. But uh, injuries hammered yeah. Sidney Crosby along the way in his illustrious NHL career. It is a shame that uh, you know at points, you know, maybe we st- we won't ever see the full effect of what Sidney Crosby could have done. Uh, could do. I mean, still, I mean, he's he's a he'll be going to the Hall of Fame first ballot. He's one of the greatest to ever play this game. But it's it is it is a a big what if. Like, what if that concussion in that outdoor game didn't happen? You know, it's 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 a big what if in in hockey. Yeah. And you know, but it, you know, he's a he's been one of the greatest players to ever play this game and has represented Canada on many occasions and has uh, obviously delivered on the biggest of stages. Yeah, for sure. And he's in he's in probably my top five for sure of all time. Um, and I don't, yeah, you're right. I don't know if we ever saw or we ever will see the full extent of what could have been had he not had the the long injuries uh, in the middle of his career there. But uh, it's congratulations to Crosby. Thousand games. Uh, huge, huge deal to make it to a thousand, whether you've had injury history troubles or not. So uh Look for him to maybe pot one tonight in his 1,000th game. Oh, that would be I amazing. I have to go search it, but like I was, Sportsnet was actually showing the first ever, Sidney Crosby's first ever game um, not too long ago in Sportsnet. It was against the Bruins. I think the final score was like 7-6. And on that goal, you see Mario Lemieux just standing because Lemieux is still part of the Penguins at this point. He yeah. retires, I think, uh, in December of, 06, of the 05-06 of the season. But that was the first year coming back after the lockout. You could tell how the new rules were taken over because that was uh, that first. Uh, well, that was uh, that was actually his second game. He scored a, in his second game, but yeah, it's that's it's been a long time since October of two thousand five. He's finally got to a thousand. Yeah, absolutely, and a big part of hockey since then, really. Um, in other hockey news, Flames look to bounce back from a two one loss last night against the Oilers in Edmonton. Pat Steinberg hosts Flames game day live at 6, Flames warm up at 7 before Derek and Peter Lubardius have the call just after 8. Patrick, what were your thoughts on last night's game and uh, what are you thinking going into tonight for this Flames team? Uh, the thing with uh, with the game I thought last night, it, it I think you everybody said it, it lacked spark, it lacked emotion. It's Of course, it's not what you expect from a Battle of Alberta, but it's also not what you want to expect from a team that is desperate for for a win that needs to to get things right. And like I said, it's not that the help isn't going to come right away. It's got to come from within with this team. And Matthew Kachuk took all the blame. He put it all on himself. And that just, you know, you can say, yeah, man, this, this is obviously the future captain of this team. And maybe I haven't heard many other guys on this team say, I'm going to put this all on me. And then Andre Mangiapane follows it up. It's, it's awesome to hear him say that, but you know, that's not right. This has to be a whole team effort if they want to, get the two points tonight because Edmonton has figured it out. They didn't need McDavid or Drysaddle last night, and they figured it out. Jesse Pugliarby, they left him right in the middle. No sticks, no bodies in front of David Riddick. That was just, yeah. it was a pathetic goal. It shouldn't have happened. And that's what I mean with this team. It's just like, oh, it's just, it's frustrating. I get it. It's it's the inconsistencies with this team for so long. Doesn't matter the group. You had Kipper, you had Iggy, and you couldn't support him. And what is everybody saying with Jacob Markstrom? This is the best goalie I've seen since Mika Kippersoff in the city. Well, yeah, Kipper was great, but it didn't. It wasn't the be all end all with this team. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they have yeah, well, to. That, and you go ahead. People yeah. have been saying for so long that this team's kind of a goalie away, and now they have that goalie, and they're <laughs> they're still a ways away. It's um, yeah, like it's yeah, it's, it's just it's 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 just flabbergasting how like 
you know, like it just I, I don't have an, the words to explain what is wrong right now with this team. It's I know it's the same group and and everything. And Jacob Markstrom can do so much. But, you know, you know maybe he was getting a little worn out there. You kind of saw it in that final game against Vancouver. But, man, it's just, just a bunch of head scratching left after last night again. Yeah, and just the way they weren't very good against Vancouver in any of those four games to come out with another slow start, give up the first goal again before I thought they played the rest of the period really well, but they just couldn't put the puck in. I thought Dave Tippett coached a really, mm-hmm. really good game. Uh, they were really Edmonton was awesome defensively. Mike Smith probably had to make three tough saves in the entire game. The Flames only had twenty-one shots, so I I guess. I'm just looking for a physical spark tonight from the Flames. It, they haven't been physical. They haven't been aggressive since the puck flip incident. And I'm just I'm just looking for someone to to just show some emotion tonight early in the Battle of Alberta. Because you know Edmonton's not going not gonna to give it to them. That's the thing. Edmonton knows we don't need to give Calgary any fuel to, to, to tick them off. And, you know, Edmonton's going to play that smart game. So it's going to have to come from within. You see the guys mention, oh, well, we have to keep it simple. And, you know, it's it's not that easy to keep it, keep it simple. Uh, you'll hear it, I'm sure, on the pregame. Kachuk, Matthew Kachuk mentions that uh, keeping it simple isn't always the best thing. It's it's good in some parts, but, you know, and when things go wrong, you still have to do your game and, and get it what you can do. And, and Matthew Kachuk, you know, he needs to get a little more physical. Maybe he needs to, to maybe spark this thing up again because – the fan excuse, we heard it from the teams, oh, it just feels weird with no fans. Well, they're not coming anytime soon, guys. Everybody's got to do this without fans in Canada. So you got to rise up and find a way somehow. You hate Edmonton. Edmonton hates you. Show some grit. Show some, just show some balls tonight, man. Like, that's all I want. Like, this team is not just, they're not fun to watch. Yeah, no, it certainly hasn't been fun to watch them. Uh, in quite a, probably since, I don't know, their last win against Winnipeg, I guess. Um, yeah, so Battle of Alberta tonight, 8 o'clock. You can, of course, listen to it right here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. We got Leafs versus Habs action tonight. Five game, or five days since the Habs' last game. Carey Price obviously going to get the start for Montreal, but, uh, Austin Matthews has been absolutely disgusting <laughs> so far this season. I believe it's 16 goals in 17 games. Yep. But I don't think he's scored against the Habs yet this year, which is interesting. They've shut him down pretty nicely. Uh, this this a huge game at the top of the North Division standings. The Leafs could really pull ahead tonight if they can take the Habs in regulation, Patrick. Yeah, like what do we got? Like what are the standings at now? Like I think it's twenty six points for the Leafs and twenty for the Habs. Oh, so there you, you uh, open up an eight point gap tonight over Montreal, and even so, like Montreal's not even second right now. Edmonton's second in the division right now, so you're opening up. A, or and, part of me, it's twenty eight already. Yeah, there you go. Here. So yeah, yeah it's a little, so there you go. It's it is a it is a big game for Montreal because you start to see it. Like if Edmonton, you know, Calgary can throw a huge wrench into this whole thing, and so could Vancouver tomorrow if they can take two points from Van, from Winnipeg. Then you've got a you got points severing twenty two to nineteen through second through sixth. You know, but you know you can't let Toronto. If Toronto gets the two points, you might just say, hey, this is they're they're going to be the top seed. Yeah. in the Scotia North, and they'll play that four team, whoever that's going to yeah, be. Th- <laughs> three games in hand for Montreal still, so plenty of time, mm-hmm. but they, they definitely need this one tonight coming off that week by that uh, teams in Canada are getting. And I guess we'll just wrap it up quickly, just uh, 
say this once again. The Lake Tahoe game, the views looked amazing for mm-hmm. the one period that we got today. People falling all over the ice. Players, refs, all over the ice because it was not very good because of the sun. So they're going to push the time back. They're going to start the second period at 10 o'clock Mountain Time tonight with Colorado up one nothing. Patrick, uh, there's there's a pretty big battle of Alberta during that time. You might have to do some channel surfing tonight. Yeah, uh, just we got the email in. Uh, the coverage of this game will resume on Sportsnet One at ten uh, Mountain Time, and uh, they'll join the game on Sportsnet immediately following the coverage of the Flames and the Oilers. But from that first period, what I saw, I only saw the Samuel Girard goal, and after that, I just kind of followed on Twitter and saw that the ice was just not a fun time it was bad uh, it was bad i was definitely seeing gifts of the refs and 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 certain uh golden knights players getting caught in those ruts but again it's a beautiful scene nhl maybe bit off more they can they can chew you can't fault them they wanted an outdoor game they can't do it with fans let's let's put it in an isolated area 18th hole at this golf course on the side of lake tahoe uh but you know i i love the views uh, i'm really excited maybe with uh, what tonight will bring and tomorrow the the sun setting over those mountains I think tomorrow yeah. night is going to be one of the most scenic views in hockey. We thought today was good with the sun and the blue sky, but I think that that, that dusk shot tomorrow is going to be huge. And I think it's going to be great for uh, for a lot of views. Hopefully the ice will be good tomorrow as well. Awesome. There we go. It uh, That'll do it for Sportsnet today. Today, lots of coverage in the last hour as we inch closer to round two of the Battle of Alberta. Back-to-back between the Flames and the Oilers. Round two tonight at 8 o'clock. CBS Sports Radio is next. This has been Sportsnet Today on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.